0: Welcome to Pug Talk CS, season four, episode 10. Today is Wednesday, February 16th. I'm Chives. Joining me is Steve to host today's episode. Steve, how have you been? I'm great, Chives. How have you been? I'm amazing because our fantasy wire hit heavy. The Matt Boldy call was one of my best so far in my young yet illustrious career thus far on the mic. Uh, Patrick, four point game. If you didn't pick him up, well, I'm sure he's gone and out of your league. But that's got me pumped up for today. And we got a lot of fan questions coming up. So I'm very excited for that. Well, episode 10
1: already of season four, Chives. Thanks for listening along, everyone. So let's talk some puck and Chives. Dang, we were looking so good for a while. As you may have known, both Chives and I had the Bengals winning the Super Bowl. And for a while, there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Bengals were looking good. They came out of the second half swinging, but Cooper Cup did them in. But all around, a decent game, entertaining halftime show, and all around should have been an enjoyable night for most of you.
0: Yeah, I mean, as I grow older, I think it's no, it's no, uh, it's obvious. You know, we're we're two young guys, so I think when we're younger, it's more it has more of an impact. I think there's like a glory day era that we look at. And that was probably when Steve and I, you know, Giants, Patriots, Steelers, Cardinals, those years were crazy. You know, those halftimes were like our parents' generation of music. Now it's, uh, it doesn't seem as novel, you know, the game, but I think it was a really good football game. It was, I think what made it enjoyable was that, you know, either side could win and most people wouldn't be upset. Uh, as opposed to that villain arc, which I had already mentioned last episode, but Cooper cup, I mean, he's had one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant wide receiver season in the history of the game. Unreal. Can't believe that I didn't keep him in fantasy, whatever, but a uh, good game. I <laughs> had that OBJ anytime TD. So, I mean, I was still pulling for the Bengals and Joe Burr, but Aaron Donald, I thought could have easily been the MVP as well. He made, you know, the game saving sack, which upon the second video I saw on ESPN, McVeigh had he called it. He, he, he fired up Donald and Donald got the job done. So uh, I didn't realize how much of an impact Aaron Donald had on that play. I, I thought he just got a piece of Burrow and he really like tossed him down. Now Burrow most QB in the postseason. I don't think the Bengals are, uh, I don't think they're a team that you're going to count out though in the future, right, Steve? Oh, 100%. Definitely not. I mean, this was definitely,
1: you know, a season where they, they proved to themselves that they're here, they're here to stay. And they did this against one of the team's best defenses in the league. Obviously, uh, you know, von Miller, Aaron, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, even though I think that Jalen Ramsey got burnt in the Super Bowl. He gave oh, more up than once. more than once. He gave up the two biggest plays that the Bengals had, but at the end of the day, didn't matter because they made the biggest stop at the end, which was the one that they needed. No surprise for me and Cooper Cup being the MVP. Aaron Donald he obviously could have been the MVP as well, but Cooper Cup obviously made the biggest play of the night, which was that seven-yard rush uh, to pick up that first down on fourth and one on, on the game-winning drive. He didn't have any drops in the game, so no surprise there. He's your Super Bowl MVP. Not Matthew Stafford, who his game, he did not play that bad of a game, but he didn't play a great game as well. He made two notably bad Throws that I remember. Now chives, I do. I, I've been thinking about this uh, before the episode. One that's been really debated, you know, these last couple of days, uh, is Matt Stafford a future Hall of Famer? He's got a Super Bowl now. Oh. He's got a Super Bowl now. I was just thinking about this right now. He's got a Super Bowl, but he's never won an MVP. He only has one Pro Bowl, which it's really not that hard to make the Pro Bowl. And he wasn't even the MVP in the Super Bowl. He just won. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Because when I put it like that, I'm not sure that he's a Hall of Famer in my mind.
0: I'm not entirely sure as well. I think his talent level is there. But a lot of the times when we look at players that should be Hall of Famers, you look at the accolades they've achieved. And I think the shame is that his time spent in Detroit it it took away from his, I would not athletic achievements as in passing yards or touchdowns, but it took away from his ability to achieve in accolades. And like you'd mentioned, you know, he was never a league MVP, uh, never really led the league. I mean, he was a league leader for passing yards, a league leader in throwing for touchdowns, but he was never the league leader. So I guess what I'm saying is in terms of upper echelon, Play his skill is no doubt there, but I think you have to look at the trophy. Well, I shouldn't say you have to, I think that's a debate that I don't enjoy. Uh, Steve not that I don't enjoy this conversation with you, but when we, uh, you know, NHL is our thing, really. I, I watch a lot of sports, uh, but at the end of the day, when I look at NHL players and, and the same evaluation comes up, I always kind of teeter on the fence because some players really are and might not have the trophy case because of the team they played for and I also think all-star appearances really shouldn't I, I don't know if they dictate how good of a player you are because it really is for marketing the sport I mean at the end of the day when you boil it down now with that said if he's a marketable player he should be there right so I guess it goes both ways I think there's a lot of back and forth but I would say no, but at the same time, I don't think it discounts what he's brought to the teams he's played for.
1: I 100% agree with your answer. I think I think you hit the home run right there with that point. You know, when you look at Stafford on all those teams back in Detroit, I don't know, he's not really been on like an all-star team, you know? He really hasn't gotten that far in the playoffs either. So I guess in my mind right now, No, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer now. Do I think he will be a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I think he would. Um, But with that being said, the Super Bowl ending here was a good game. But you know what that means, Chives. All eyes on hockey now.
0: Yeah, uh, literally I was going to mention before you wrapped that I thought the flags had to do with it. But we've had a history of talking about controversy on this show, uh, and I remember – the, the, the flags kind of reminded me of game one of the cup final where there was a penalty, but it's kind of choosing when you call that in 2017, when Pittsburgh played Nashville in game one, PK Subban drove in a slap shot, but Philip Forsberg was caught off sides. And then in game six, the referee did not. Oh, I'm I apologize. The referee blew the whistle on a goal. I don't remember exactly what Nashville forward. It was that poked it in. It might've been Forsberg, it was one of their, it was one of their top dogs. If it wasn't Forsberg, it was like Pontus Aberg. Matt Murray didn't cover the puck; went behind him. He pokes it in. They score, but they waved the goal off because they lost side of the puck. So I think that's I, I don't enjoy that. I thought the Super Bowl was enjoyable, but I think what has been enjoyable is there hasn't been that many issues in the NHL as of late. And I think we sometimes take that for granted. So we'll hop over to some quick news. Uh, speaking of MVP caliber players. Uh, I wouldn't say for this season, but in general, Jack Eichel is returning tonight. Vegas Golden Knights captain Mark Stone to the IR. That's questionable. Injured, he has been injured, but you got to think, he's going to the IR when they have to move cap space. Have to. That's a tough call. Now, I'm not entirely sure what's going on with Mark Stone. I'm not the team doctor, uh, and there's not a lot of reports in the NHL with injuries, which is also another controversy for another time, but... Jack Eichel's returning. He makes he's a monster. I mean, I have a feeling he's going to pop off tonight. First night he's playing in a, a a new franchise that succeeded for more or a longer period of time than the Sabers have his entire tenure in that building, T Mobile Arena. I think he's going to be very excited, Steve-O I cannot wait to
1: see what Eichel brings to this table. Uh, I'm so excited for his return. Um, now with the Mark Stone stuff, I, I saw that coming. Um, he's got a, he had, he's been the whole season long, and I, I, I knew this was coming because I mentioned this on um, episode nine, the last episode that we did when we uh, talked about Iko There, Stone really's been a dud of nothing all season long. This, uh, this season for the for the Knights, he's been injured all season long, and he hasn't just been able to stay on the ice and if you know looking at when a player cannot stay on the ice you know i really don't think he's going to be that much of an impact for the nice this season you know when you we talked about this uh before you know when you got a line with patch and eichel and stone you know and that line's buzzing you know you're doubt to be one of the best teams in the league but with stone I, he's got he has a back issue which uh it has been bothering all, all season long which is why he's been out constantly on the IR every two weeks um so that's kind of what's bothering him you know the last um the last report that I watched um I believe they said that you know there's really nothing you know uh uh that they could do um in the moment to help Stone I mean they just it's either going to take time to heal with his back or it's going to take, uh, he's just going to have to suck it up and play through it, you know? So if it's a a pain management kind of thing, you know, it's obviously up to how much Stone can handle. But really, as of right now, after, you know, what I've seen from Stone all season long, I really don't know how much of a factor that he's going to play into, you know, at this point remaining for the season. Now, obviously, you would like, would like to have him in with Eichel. That's, there's no doubt about it, but you know, he just hasn't been able to stay on the
0: ice. You might as well have him recover and play in the playoffs. And I think as the captain of the team, you want to play. He is one of the most passionate players in the NHL. If not the, I mean, you see when the team scores a goal, if he's on the bench, if he's on the ice and didn't even have a point on the goal, he celebrates like they're winning the cup every single time. So I think he's a really passionate player. He is their captain. Now, I think an interesting question, which I know this sounds bigger picture, but he's a passionate player. Would you rather have your captain in passion, 28 games played, 28 points, dealing with an injury, yes, or Jack Eichel, who's a superstar, but doesn't have that chemistry yet. And even though he was captain in Buffalo, it was more likely than not because of his skill level. Uh, You have to question that locker room chemistry was off because Eichel was there um he didn't seem like he was checked in for a little while maybe he'll buy into this a lot more because it's a successful team but steve do you think would you would you rather have the passion guy? well you know i take i take a step back with that too because i think if stone returns for the playoffs that's exactly what you want uh right now they're already in a playoff position you're adding eichel back you might as well keep stone out until he recovers fully right but would you rather have stone or an eichel in the playoffs well, listen, you, could choose. In the- you know if stone's out for long term
1: Yeah, in the perfect world, you know, if Stone's healthy, I'd rather go with Stone. You know, listen, he's the captain and the leader of this team. Um, And like you mentioned, he is so passionate. But as of right now, the playoffs started right now. I have to go with Eichel because what I've seen, you mentioned that how, you know, he kind of fell off the rails here, you know, in Buffalo. But I could tell this is different. You know, you could tell back when he was in Buffalo that he, you know, he wasn't happy there. You know, there was disagreement with him and the team on how to, on how to handle things and where to go. So now I could tell that his attitude, his mood, everything has shifted. And he's been very vocal about this too. He's come out and he said it himself that, you know, he was not having it in Buffalo and like, he is the, the, the way he approaches things is way differently now that he's in Vegas than it was in Buffalo. So, as of right now, uh, listen, we still have some time to go for the playoffs. You know, maybe Stone is able to recover. But again, it's we are four months into the season, and this is something that Stone has not been able to, to recover from, you know, two months later after coming back. So, in another two months when the playoffs come, you know, if he wasn't able to make the turnaround in the last two months, I'm not sure if he's able to make the turnaround in the, within the next two months. So, listen again to answer your question in a, in a in a you know a perfect world, you'd love to have Stone in there, but as of right now, you got to go with Ike.
0: Moving on from Vegas, Tyler Toffoli was traded ahead of the deadline. We'll get to that in a moment. Crosby scored his 500th career NHL goal and. To no surprise, it's probably his 500th against the Philadelphia Flyers, too. Hmm. He always seems to score on them. And the Olympics, US, the U.S. men's hockey team loses in a shootout in a stunner to Slovakia. And Sweden was shut Sweden shut out Canada 2-0. So the United States and Canada are out of the Olympic tournament. I haven't really watched much of the Olympics. Uh, been quite busy myself. Keeping up with just the NHL alone is a lot. Uh, among our other. I know, Steve, I don't know if you've watched a lot of it, but I figured I'd just check in with the Olympics real quick. I was really excited when NHL players were supposed to go. And then when they ended up not going because of China and COVID and China and China and China, we um, the way they run things right now over there. I mean, I won't say they should have boycotted, but I totally understand why the NHL players wouldn't go. I mean, if they got COVID or tested positive, they were supposed to remain in China for four weeks. So if they got to the final and then tested positive, maybe the next day, well, now they have to spend four weeks overseas and intern- internationally without their team or whatever um, and not p- p- be able to come back to play with their NHL team for a month. So I totally understand that. I don't know why the ruling was that. I don't know if it was the Olympic Committee or under if it was a Chinese government jurisdiction. So I'm lacking some knowledge on that. But I haven't watched most of the Olympics, Steve. I figured I'd just chime in and bring up what was going on in those games.
1: No, yeah, um, it's it's good to know, and it's good for the viewers, you know. Too, um, I'm right with you, 100. percent I have not really. I'm, I'm I'm honest. I have really, I haven't been tuning into the Olympics at all. You know, it's interesting because um, we we put something up. You know, we had a poll on the Instagram. You know, a few days ago was um, would you rather win an Olympic medal or a Stanley Cup. And it Stanley Cup won and it wasn't even close. So when you think of it like that, you know, you think of it as, you know, the trade-off is we have NHL hockey. You know, that's the trade-off. I think, you know, like you mentioned, I'd rather tune into that, you know, and, you know, that isn't to say anything to, you know, these Olympic athletes, you know, they're incredibly talented. But I feel like just, you know, the Olympics, you know, in the, in everyday lives of people like me and you and some of our some of our listeners, you know, they're not really that big.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm personally like when it was like Phelps era, you know, for the Summer Olympics, Simone Biles, big fan, big fan of those, you know, Americans. You're, you 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 I'm a patriotic person in that sense, uh, and that's I know, of course, in today's atmosphere, somehow an issue. But I think at the end of the day, I do enjoy the Olympics. But when there's a lot of these jurisdictions and rules, I think in any other year, if you have a summer and winter Olympics, everyone's very excited. Um, but I think this year with COVID, it, it really, it, it also, I think, is making it a little bit difficult to have some character uh, with Shikari Richardson, not being able to compete in the summer. That's one of those people that you say has a personality and I would have enjoyed following. but. She was suspended because of marijuana use. So a lot of the, I guess, more interesting characters in in within the athletic teams that were present aren't present. Uh, like the Olympic men's hockey team. I, I know I I'd looked at the rosters, but I couldn't really tell you a player that I was like, you know, what I really want to watch that player. Yeah. And I,
1: yeah. So. And the um the NHL players not participating too. You know, just took any remaining, you know, need for me to watch it just out of the
0: So, Well, I think what was frustrating, Steve, and, and I don't know if I even aired this vice out on, on the mic, but I think I was frustrated because they took out two weeks to play for the Olympics. And then because the, the only games that filled the NHL schedule between that was COVID postponements. So there would be times where teams wouldn't be playing for five, six days. And I just questioned why they would put in the break if they knew this is probably what it would come to. Now I understand why overall, but it just made, I feel like it had then not only was it not enjoyable because NHL players aren't playing it, but then it affected how the NHL schedule was. So that kind of frustrated me, but alas.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, listen, the Olympics are on, you know, I'll be honest, you know, that or NHL hockey, listen, you know, I, I don't always have the free time, but, you know, last week, you know, around 10 p.m. on one night, I did have a free time. I didn't watch the Olympics, but I did turn on the TV and I, and I decided to watch some hockey. You know, obviously, we love the sport. I love the sport. So I love to do this when I can. So the game that I actually watched was the New Jersey Devils versus the St. Louis Blues. And right off the bat, coming out of the break, Blues went to joining Bimington. Now, we all know that he struggled as of late, but man, Chives, what the hell has happened to him? This is very rare that you see such an elite goaltender struggle this bad. He looked horrible. He gave up seven goals against the New Jersey Devils, and he made them look like the Florida Panthers. 11, 10, and
0: three. You know, it. <sighs> they're succeeding this season. They're in a playoff position, but it really is not from his play. You saw when he emerged in the league that he popped 24 wins, five losses, the next season, 30 wins, 13. And since then he was questionable last season. And so were the blues. I think the reason the issue is more evident now is because the blues have succeeded And I don't know if they blew expectations away necessarily, but when you acquire Brandon Saad, Pavel Buchnevich in the offseason, and Vladimir Tarasenko goes from almost retiring or get literally was unprotected, so Seattle could have taken him. And now he's at a point per game on scoring pace for 30 goals, 40 goals, you say, well, a lot ended up going in their their way. Last season, when they got smoked by the Abs in the playoffs, which I brought up before, I looked and said, wow, this team's going to need a little bit to get back. Jordan Cairo emerged. They have depth in players like Robert Thomas. Their defense is, is finally succeeding in sticking together with the acquisition of Dory Krug in replacement of Alex Petrangelo. But Bennington did not succeed last season. He was only four wins above 500. He had a nine, 10, save percentage, which is pretty good. And I think what we, we struggle to gauge Jordan Bennington because of his story and not the athlete. And he's this player that has this personality that is divisive because of his confidence levels. Uh, he's had incidents where he's been angry uh, on the ice, visibly upset. And it's sometimes a little bit too much Um he plays with passion, but he's stone cold. So I think it's hard to get a read on him because every goaltender is going to have ups and downs. But this seems like a tough down right now with an eight eight 898 save percentage, 3.35 goals against and a team that's in a playoff spot. So they've gone with so recently. Steve, what's your thoughts? I know you watched the game. I've been keeping up with it as well. I think you have to go with the goaltender that's got the hot hand, but this feels like not exactly like Matt Murray, but, you know, they just think this guy to a big contract.
1: Yeah. You know, as you just read those stats, oof, you know, thought this was a good point to mention because not too long ago, a few weeks ago, you had the blues as your most surprising team at the halfway mark. They look, they were looking and they were putting themselves in a really good position moving forward into the second half. Now, I mean, Husso, like you just mentioned, has been outstanding for them. You know? But I think the problem with Bimington, uh, at least for that one game that I've been watching and keeping up with the others, is that he's giving up these soft goals. These soft goals are are coming in at an alarming rate for Bimington. It's almost like the Blues have a better chance of winning when he's on the bench. Now, listen, like I just mentioned, we we were very we were very high on the blues, you know. We evaluated them a few episodes ago. We were very high on them. But these are really big concerns for the blues because this hurts their chances. You know, obviously, Huso has kind of sealed the cracks, but this won't last for long. They need to figure this out. And what I've seen from Bimington, I don't know if you can turn this around. Like, Listen, you know, we've talked about goaltenders four, five, six years ago uh, back in season one and season two that have had similar issues like this where you just need to ride it out and and they just kind of need to, you know, gain their confidence, you know, uh, game by game, you know, but I'm not sure the Blues, you know, are going to turn to him, you know, Bimington as of right now is going to ride that bench. He's not going to get the opportunities night in and night out to prove himself so this is really a big issue for the blues and if they cannot solve Bimington, they ain't gonna go that far chives
0: yeah especially in the division they're playing in they drop to third and that's not a division that you want it well you know i keep stopping myself when i'm speaking today because the mind's just going the end of the day wouldn't you it's similar in the sense of an injury wouldn't you rather have this happen now than in April and I do think so I I do think that if it's late March early April you don't want Bennington in the rut then you're going to take that now that's the only positive I can really take from this situation situation uh in that but I also think it does have to do with some confidence levels and at the end of the day he does have to play better. I mean, it's about consistency, and Bennington should be the first to know anybody can take that net. He took the net from Jake Allen when they went on that cup run on January 3rd, 2019. And look, now he's thrusting himself into a, I believe it's a six-by-six six contract, and he's the starter, undoubtedly the starter for that franchise. But right now he's not playing like the starter for the franchise, not to say whoso's going to take over the net and do the same exact Cinderella, you know, Triple double, no assist type of deal, but at the end of the day, uh, I think Bennington's—they—they got to figure something out because, like you'd mentioned, and like I'd mentioned, a team like the Colorado Avalanche is going to show no mercy in the postseason. Surprisingly enough, I mentioned more than once that Bennington is the player I thought that kept them in that, kept them close to in that series, if you could even call that a series. But I thought he was putting on per forty save performances that actually kept them in games. So we'll see what kind of translates for that, and we'll be sure to keep tabs on what's going on in St. Louis because they're a playoff team, so drama, drama, drama is always fun to cover in a playoff team. Am I right, Steve-O? Damn.
1: Can't say it any better than that, Chavs. And listen, you know, it's very rare that you see this from a top goalie in the league. You know, Shosturkin, Jacob Markstrom, any top goalie in the league you know, it's very rare that you see such a funk like this. So like you just said, we'll evaluate this moving forward. All right, Chives, how about something new? Well, not really new, but something that we used to we used to do all the time when we got them. But it's time for this week's fan questions. Now, if you're a listener and have something that you want us to talk about, of course, you can email us at pucktalkcs at gmail.com or even DM us. On our Instagram, Puck Talk CS, we will be more than happy to answer your fan questions on the show. Now, Chives, this week, we have two fan questions from two different fans. First question coming up first. This one comes from Julian Kim. He asks, as you know, Tyler Toffoli got traded today but has two years until he's a free agent. When he does... Does, can he come back to Montreal?
0: Now, I mean, I don't see the purpose. Montreal went from this Cinderella run to, they are at the bottom of the league and they're going to have to rebuild. Now, I wouldn't say rebuild all the way. They have some pieces, but at the end of the day, Tyler Toffoli is a piece that should be on a playoff team. JT Miller is a comparable player right now. JT Miller is going to a team that's competing in the playoffs. To Foley was their guy last season as a goal scorer. And in the postseason, he showed up. He has a cup ring from 2014. There's no reason he shouldn't be looked at by contending teams. So I don't think he goes back to Montreal, Steve. I'm going to keep it as simple as that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, well, thanks
0: I- now, who knows? But I don't think so. Well, thanks for the question,
1: Julian. Um, I think I'm going to agree with my partner, Chives. Kent? To Foley, sir, uh to Foley can certainly come back to Montreal after the next two years uh, of his contract is over. However, I do believe that is it is unlikely. You know, who's to say that he pops off here? You know, with the Flames and the Flames time him to a contract extension. Um, so no, uh, you know, it seems like you're a Canadiens fan who likes Tyler Tofoli, but unfortunately, I don't see him coming back to Montreal. I mean, Tofoli will be what you know in, within the next two years he'll be 32 33 you know when he becomes a free agent i don't think he's gonna want to go back to step one and and go back to one of the teams that are in the midst of a rebuild because that's really what the canadians are at this point um so i don't think he's gonna go he's gonna at that point in his career he's gonna want to go back to step one you're gonna be in that win now mentality all guys at that age are in that win now metali- uh, mentality mentality so, do I think Tyler Toffoli will go back to the Canadians? No, I do not. I do not think so. But moving forwards, you know, with him in the Flames, I think he'll he'll slide very he'll, he'll slide very nicely into you know that lineup. And you already know, already scored
0: his first the other night. He
1: did, yes. Um, and when you take a look at you know some of the teams that Chives and I you know we're really big on moving into the second half flames are certainly one of them so to answer your question no don't think that Toffoli will go back to the Canadians
0: yeah go figure the flames are the hottest team in the NHL right now am I right love the dad puns but we have another question as well about the Ottawa Senators I believe
1: yes so our next question comes from Ryan he asks how do you feel about the current state of the Senators what changes do they need to make, and how far off are they from contenders' chances of playoffs this year? Well, thanks for the question, Ryan. Listen, the Senators made a statement victory with against the Washington Capitals this Sunday um, that really helped the team out of their scoreless funk because they did get shut out by the Penguins and the Bruins last week. But really, aside from those two games, you know, this Senators team has been clicking. Everyone has stepped up. Everyone has elevated their game. How about a guy like Nick Holden scoring night in, night out, three goals in, in two games? Um, and even despite missing two of their top offensive players and Josh Norris uh, and Drake Batherson, the Senators have really continued to claw and scrape and show resilience chives against their opponents each Night And they've really continued to buy into the system, which and the dedication that they have shown into the system that they have, which is a mindset that I do like, you know, they haven't folded, they haven't started selling. And I think that that has really helped the team continue into something that fans, you know, constantly tune in in every night. Now, I've mentioned in this week's Fantasy Wire, Matt Murray's been playing really well as of late. He's been playing, like, the best goalie in the league within this last week and a half. And, you know, his counterpart, Anton Forsberg, has really played well, too. So, you know, to credit them, you know, they've made things interesting. However, to answer your question, Ryan, big however, Ryan, I don't think playoffs are on the horizon this year. Senators, you take a look at it, the Senators are still... 20 points behind the nearest playoff spot in a wild card spot. And the Senators' offense, for me, has been so inconsistent this season. I mean, they made a huge turnaround from the start of the season. How they started off the season, they started terrible. They made a huge turnaround. But, you know, you have to have consistent play night in and night out in order to jump and make up for those 20 points lost, especially look at, look at some of these teams that you're, you're contending for. You got to beat out the Carolina hurricanes. You got to beat out the Boston Bruins. You got to beat out the Capitals, the Penguins, the Rangers, any one of these teams, you know, these spots are not even close to being determined yet. So you got to jump all uh, at least one of those teams. You got to jump 20 points. Chives, Ryan, I think that's a big jump and I don't think the Sens can do that so unfortunately I don't see playoffs this year but that's not to say that this can't be a a transition year for something big you know leading uh into you know the 2022-2023 season next year
0: yeah you said it best Steve-O I think at the end of the day we saw this last season from this team in March they were clicking and Drake Batherson and Josh Norris and Brady Kachuk had their coming out party. But at the end of the day, they're going to need some veterans. And I think they're going to need some players in their prime when they're primed to be in a playoff position. When teams feel and general managers and higher management in the hockey world believes that they're ready to go on a run, because really you want to make the playoffs, but you want to win the Stanley Cup you would be hearing rumors of a Tomas hurdle of a Tyler to coming your way. And at the end of the day, that's not happening because it's not because they can't acquire those players with the assets they have. It's because they, why are they going to acquire those players? Is Tyler to or Tomas hurdle going to take them from down 20 points in the standings to a playoff position? Probably not. And that's just the truth. It doesn't mean that there's going to be growth as we'd seen last season, last season in March, Drake Batherson was the highest player in the NHL in the Canadian division. Uh, So that does, I think that does say a little bit. I mean, if it was any other division, I'd probably say the same thing when you face the same six, seven, eight opponents, but at the end of the day, Steve-O, not making the playoffs, Matt Murray's contributed. It's nice to see he's back. We'll see how he fares long-term because he's like Akin to Bennington. They have a very similar story with how their, their career has gone, but, at the same time, heating up, you would have seen free agents. Uh, either you would have seen rumors circling because the management believed they were ready to go. And I don't think the management believes that. I think right now they're just trying to continue to grow. And when the time comes, they'll start to acquire free agents to fill in the roster. You know, we could see that as soon as this offseason. But as of right now, not a playoff team.
1: Now, listen, I think best case scenario um, for for Ryan and all the Senator fans out there. If they could jump, you know, in a month from now, if they could jump 10 points and even be 10 points behind a wild card spot, then you could kind of consider, all right, you know, we're in, we're in the midst of a, you know, a potential, you know, playoff run. So I think the experience for some of these, you know, young guys. Uh, I think is great. You know, I think the best example of this would, would be the New York Rangers within the last two seasons. You know, and then you take a look at them se- this season and look at them. Uh, you know, at the the you know the young, the experience that they've given to all their young players, and now you know they're one of the best teams in the Metro right, right now this season. You know, that's something. You know, if you're the Senators, you kind of look off at, and you know, you kind of want to jump and bridge to that point. So I think if you could within the next month get within ten points you know, a wild card spot, even 12 points, you know, this is, you know, playoff experience, you know, you know, or at least a push for playoffs, you know, that, you know, you know, you want to give these guys. So I think that that's a good bridging off point uh, for them. Thanks for the question though, Ryan.
0: Yeah. And thank you everybody for all the questions. We really enjoy it. I know we may have had a few more uh, for whatever reason the other day, we had a few come into the direct message of our Instagram. So please feel free to DM us questions. We also have our Gmail, which we used to take a lot of fan questions. Uh, So we really enjoy talking about that, connecting with you guys a little bit more as we do in comment sections on every platform we're on. So be sure to follow our Instagram. That has been doing quite well lately. And if you follow our Instagram, please listen to our show and follow our Twitter page. All that's linked to our website, PuckTalkCS.com. If you're listening on Spotify or whatever you're listening on, subscribe. It's a two-stepper. You get the email and then you just have to sign up for the subscription. You get, your, you get the show in an email, uh, which may be a little bit easier for whatever you're doing. And download our podcast episodes if you're on our subscription on our website to Apple and Spotify streaming services. If you have those, that'll make it a lot easier to listen to us as well. We're kind of all over now. On the come up, Steve-O, just like the Senators, baby.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe a little quicker than the Senators. (laughs) Senators might have to wait a while. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, if we did not get a chance to answer your question today, no worries. We are acknowledging we've got a few other ones. We will answer them in the following episodes to come. No worries.
0: Always remember, it's just the luck of the puck.